the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. When I was a kid, we had a neighbor uh, boy by the name of Mike. He was two years older than I was. And he was a sharp kid. He was farm strong, athletic, kind of fun. I, I thought he was all right. But you know, his dad, Willie, could never say a good thing about him unless Mike wasn't there. And then, of course, he was the greatest thing since sliced bread. But in Mike's presence, he never got a compliment. It was always stuff like, Oh, what's the matter with you? Haven't you got any sense at all? You'll never mount anything like that. And it's no big surprise that Mike never amounted to anything. He got the message. He wasn't valuable. He wasn't good. Last time I saw Mike, he was drunker and cooters, and he could hardly remember who I was, let alone anything we had done together as kids. And it's just sad to see that. And the messages that we receive about our value are very important as we're growing up. We have a sign, uh, one of our many signs in the house, that says, it's in the kitchen, it says, nothing improves a child's hearing more than praise. Jesus gave us words of praise and value in the gospel lesson. He just finished with the, this is part of the Sermon on the Mount, the blessed, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Bill, let people in out there, they're trying to get in. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, those who uh, are poor, those who are uh, despised and persecuted, blessed are the meek, all of the blesseds are there. And then after that, he goes on to talk about the kind of value that we have and how we are people who shape the world. So there's um, people, there's two kinds of people really. There's those people who give shape to the world, and then there's those people who take shape from the world. And St. Paul told us in Romans that we should uh, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Those who give shape. The religious leaders at that time were always afraid that Jesus was going to take shape from the people around him. They asked his disciples, Why does your teacher always sit with tax collectors and prostitutes and sinners and, and even eats with them? They, were, they thought that this was going to rub off on Jesus. If you're going to be a holy man, then you should hang with holy people. But they didn't understand that Jesus inner sense of value and his closeness with God and the power that he had, the bad behavior of others was not going to rub off on Jesus. Jesus' good behavior was going to rub off on them. Jesus gave shape. He didn't take shape. It's, it's like, it's like jello. Those people who uh, take shape are the jello. Those people who give shape are the mold. We are the mold. Jesus was the mold. We give shape to people. The other thing that uh, Jesus said was that there's, there's two kinds of people. There's people who are givers, and there's people who are takers. And the givers give because their cup is full. They already have everything that they need, and they uh, are glad to be generous and helpful to other people. They are givers. You can count on them to be thoughtful and to give. And then there are takers. Those are people whose cup is empty. And so they're always trying to get and take and use and have something that's going to fill the hole in the soul, but it never gets filled. They just continue to take and get and use. 
And then Jesus compared us to two different things. Now these things are not nearly as powerful in our time as they were in ancient times. The two things that he used were salt and light. And we're kind of like, eh, okay, fine. But at, in the ancient world, salt was extremely important. The Greeks called it divine. And, and in Latin, I learned a little jingle that goes, uh, nil utilius et sola et sala. That means nothing is as useful as sun and salt. And the word, the Latin word sala for salt is where we get our English word salary, that the Roman soldiers were actually sometimes paid their salary in salt. It was that valuable. And the reason it was is for these three things. One, salt was used as a purifying, cleansing agent against infection and disease. So if somebody had a, maybe a, a sword wound or a, a spear or wound or some kind of wound, they would rub salt in that to keep it from getting infected. Now, we have an expression today that is rubbing salt in the wound doesn't mean the same thing as it used to. What, it, what that expression means today is you're hurting and somebody makes it even worse uh, by rubbing salt in the wound. What it, what it meant at Jesus' time was somebody is trying to help you heal by keeping infection out. Now, it may have hurt like the Dickens, but uh, still, uh, it, was, it was a way to keep infection out. And uh, I was thinking about this this week. I just had a, a phone call. I had been involved uh, a couple months ago in an intervention with a, a young man who uh, had drug and alcohol dependent. And uh, we had the intervention. The family was there and everything. Didn't go very well, and I didn't think it would. And, but I said to the family, I said, all right, now this is the time where you have to get together and decide you're not going to enable his disease anymore. If he doesn't have a place to live, and if he isn't getting extra money handed to him, it might not be too long before he decides, maybe I should do something different. You know, after you hit your face on the sidewalk a few times, you can determine that it's still hard. And that is kind of a, a type of rubbing salt in the wound. Because yesterday he called and said, he's in inpatient treatment. <laughs> I said, all right. So the plan of rubbing a little salt in the wound worked out. It was for healing, not, not just because it was painful. It is painful, but it was for healing. The second reason salt was so important was as a preservative. Remember, they didn't have refrigeration back in the day. And uh, so the only way you could preserve meat or even vegetables was pack them in salt. And you could you know, have stuff for when it wasn't the season to grow, things like that. So as a preservative. And then the third thing was that it did add spice. Um, we, we don't think much about salt now because it's kind of everywhere. But it is still the most commonly used spice that we have. It adds flavor and zest to things. And that's what Jesus said that we are. That's our value is that we are people who help healing. Maybe it's rubbing salt in the wound sometimes, but we help healing. We are people who preserve things. We're people who preserve the values and the moral standards that God has. And we help to keep those in our communities and those around us. We are people who add spice to life. We add hope and love and joy and peace. We are salt of the earth. You've heard that expression. He's a salt of the earth kind of guy. That's us. We are salt of the earth kind of guys and gals. 
And then he said, you are light. Now again, that's not an image that is nearly as powerful now as it was at Jesus' time, because now you just walk and flick a switch and the whole room is bathed with light. Or you can hit a button on your combine and, you know, the floodlights come out. You can combine corn till 4 or 5 in the morning if you want to. Or, you know, you walk in your house and bing, there you go. But at Jesus' time, <laughs> when it was dark, it was dark and that's it. You went to bed. Jesus, in fact, said, do your work in the day before the night cometh when no man can work. That was it. You were kind of done. And so light was a very, very powerful image in the Old Testament. And that's what we are called, light. We give direction to people. People can see where they're going in life because of us. Sometimes, you know, I usually wake up in the middle of the night and wander around the house. Uh, so I did it again this morning at 2.30 in the morning. And that, 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 little, that little blue light on the television lets, gives me some sort of sense of where I am. Otherwise, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> you know, when you're in pitch blackness, like we are out there in the country, you, you kind of can lose your orientation a little bit. A little light on the stove or in the, you know, just get, you can go down the hallway and, and get to it. That's who we are. We are people who give light and direction to people, to other people. That is the God's eye view of our value. The Lord God looked at us and said, you are as powerful as salt. You are the salt of the earth. You are light of the world. That's God's word to us. And we really don't need to listen to anything else. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.